Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. What's up? How you doing? I'm excited. Why are you excited? Because we uh, got another guest episode. Slow down. For the first time in Slow a long down. time. We've it got... seems like. It's not... Yeah, I guess so. Seems like a long time. Yeah. No, you just had one, didn't you? Well, that's that was an unofficial episode. It was right. a, uh, oh. as I like to say, non-canonical episode. Yeah. It's to a be non-what? Canonical? Yeah, not part oh, of the it's canon. Not, it's not part of the canon? Yeah. Canonical? It's Yeah, it was a supplementary episode, the right. summer movie preview that we just did with Josh Fadum. Yeah. You don't right. have to listen to it. <laughs> as opposed to this. Well, right. you know, sure. No, I don't have to listen to anything. You don't have to. If you're <laughs> right? a subscri- if you're a subscriber, that's that's the uh, subscriber. You guys have subscribers. That's right. That's the way a podcast works. They subscribe wow. and uh, and it, it downloads automatically into their. How much is it? To su- how much it's is free? Su- it's free. Oh, but funny you should ask because yeah. we are continuing the donation drive uh, through May thirty first. Yeah, and uh, so all you got to do is donate five dollars to be entered into a raffle to or win. more. <laughs> or more, yes. Minimum $5. Maximum, hey, use your imagination. And, yeah, there's uh, uh, two prize packages, or well, three, uh, yeah. but um, there's a package of, of DVDs submitted by former guests, you know, yeah. from comedians to filmmakers, and, and then a package of CDs submitted by former guests, all comedians. And the, third pa- and the third package is various Battleship Pretension-related things. T-shirt, stickers, coffee mug, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> that The third thing is kind of up to you. Can so. I just say that I'm sorry I asked? I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to work know. it in. Oh, oh you, regardless? Yes. Okay. Then I so guess it worked out quite well that you brought up money. There was so, nothing yeah, I could a, do. So, yeah, it's then, a free podcast, and we need money sometimes. You I know? need to know, uh, Dave, you have the red mic. Tyler, uh, you have the yellow mic. That's right. And I have the blue mic. That's the way it's working out today. Today? Yeah. Do you? So you don't always have the red mic? No, usually, well, when we do, when we do the normal episodes at home, we don't really have colors to the mics they're just normal mics but when we do the guest episodes here in the studio we use uh matt belknap's equipment thank you matt belknap um i usually actually use the yellow one yeah did now when you first recorded yourselves and people listened to your voices did somebody say to you dave i think your voice has a real red quality to it no but um I would love to get your emails, listeners. Do, do I do I sound red? Does Tyler sound yellow? Does Matt sound I, you, blue? You know what? I guess I ruined it. What I should have said is, I, what I should have done was waited till the end of the podcast and say, now, guess, after listening for the last hour, guess which speaker was speaking through the red mic, which through the yellow, and which through the blue. And by the way, I guess I've ruined it. I'm speaking through the blue. That's yeah. right. And that's probably because I'm the saddest. Are you? Are you right? Do you think that's going to inform your inflections today? Are we'll you gonna see. Are s- speak a little bluer? Uh, we'll are you going to work blue? Yeah. <laughs> you got to work blue. Blue. That's what you do. Give them a cock and a piss and a poo. I don't know exactly how the song goes, but that's, uh, that's Triumph. The insult? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yo, did you guys know that? I uh, did not. No. I didn't know. Oh, okay. But I know who Triumph is. Is what I. Right, that's right. what I well, meant he's got by a song my, yeah. about working blue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have we said your I name like yet? To do, I like to do oh, other people's material. <laughs> is that okay? It's much yeah. funnier. It's, it's fine. It's, yeah. yeah. People laugh more when I <laughs> do stuff that is like mine. Dennis Miller was right. That bit works. <laughs> <laughs> it's really working out well. <laughs> so just so people know who's doing other people's material, uh, Matt Champagne is, is our guest today. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Glad I. I, I'm afraid you guys thought I was a flake for a couple of months there when you because you first at, you first asked me about it. Uh-huh. I guess two months at one of the Tomorrow shows. It was, it was a while know. ago. It was, yeah, yeah, it was like back in October. I think was the first time. Yeah, we, wow. we talked about we, wow. we, we we got into a discussion about funny games. Oh, that's, that's right. And I the, uh, yeah, and I made a promise that by the time we did this, I would watch the German version, which uh, it sounds like a better version than the American version. That well, I st- and I still haven't watched the American version. Okay. So. So right. None of us are equipped to. Have I really this am curious to see the German version because I, uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds interesting, but I guess there's no point. But we're not actually it. talking about funny games today. <laughs> no, no, we'll get right. to the topic in a second. We'll, okay. let's, let's get to know Matt Champagne yes. a little bit. We, we, uh, I would love to get to know <laughs> me. <laughs> that sounded pretty pretty blue. Yeah. Actually, pretty deep, <laughs> pretty sad. <laughs> uh, we we know Matt as a, a comedian. That's uh, how that's how I first saw you uh yeah. at the tomorrow show quite right. some time ago although i first saw you as an actor yeah uh in a brief scene in uh the short-lived unfortunately live action version of the tick yeah and oh, uh and you were in a and you were very funny in that scene and oh, then thanks. i remember i saw you at the tomorrow show and said hey it's that guy it's that dog store employee you recognize me yeah oh really yeah from the tick yeah okay 
because I, as some people have said, like they they look at the like the things I've done and the, and a lot of comedy people, a lot of mm-hmm. comedy fans, like in the scene, uh-huh. freak out over that one credit because it's maybe the coolest credit yeah. that I've got, whereas mm-hmm. the rest of it is. You know, a lot of cheese ball TV. Well, you know what I mean? Speaking but, of comedy, fan- oh, go ahead. But the Tick, they're like they are like, dude, that's a funny show. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it was it was really funny. It was uh, it was fun, but I I don't usually get rec I don't get recognized. <laughs> I uh, I'm it. I'm weird. Like well, that. speaking of comedy fans, I was telling yeah. you that I recently caught uh, your episode of Will and Grace on yeah. Lifetime, uh-huh. in which you were in the scene not only with with Will and Jack, yes, but also with Tracy Ullman and Dave Foley. That's right. That had to be fun. It was fun. It was a good time. And I was very I was telling you this last night, I was very proud that I didn't say to Dave Foley how much of a fan of Kids in the Hall I was. I didn't I didn't I'm like the opposite when I meet people I, yeah. I like, you know, I like I know a lot of people that just lose their shit. Yeah. Can I say can I say oh, anything yeah, I want? Absolutely. Okay. Uh just lose their lose their mud when they <laughs> uh see people that they like. And I'm like the opposite. Like I don't I almost want to leave the room like when someone mm-hmm. I admire is there i don't i don't want them i i, I pry like it's almost like a contest with myself to see how normal i can be because <laughs> uh-huh. i don't want them to not like me i want them to like me and i think the best way to do that is to not do things that will annoy them right. and i think that glomming onto somebody and being all in their face with how much you like them is uh but then, of course, annoying. what happens is you're acting really cool and collected, really holding holding it together. And right. then the celebrity says, didn't I see you on the tick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's, so. yeah did no. Tracy Ullman recognize you from the tick? No. <laughs> no, she did not. But th- that, she did that, say yeah, she was very friendly, though. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but that's, th- that story it reminds me of a story, people freaking out about about seeing famous people. I, I Back when I was doing the, the PA thing, I worked on a movie um, – and Brad Pitt was not in this movie, but he showed up on set one day. He had, he yeah. was in some way related to the movie and to people in it. Um, and so Brad Pitt was like there for like a big chunk of the day. And this one, this other PA, I won't say her name, um, she had been sent like on an errand. She was like away from the set for that period of time. And when she came back and found out that she had missed her chance to see Brad Pitt, she cried, <laughs> real tears. Wow. She wept. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that sucks. I I um I don't like fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoops. you know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean like fan. Not that I have fans, but do you know what I mean? Like, I right. I, it's like this. Uh, the best illustration is uh, the first time I saw Elliot Smith perform. Mm. Uh, this was like you know ninety six or something like that, and it was right before Goodwill Hunting came out, and mm-hmm. he was. I saw him at uh, Spaceland. It was like Hipster Central, right? And uh, he was playing, you know, sad songs and things like that. But talented guy, right? And I was like, yeah, this guy's good. This guy's, but I wish I could enjoy it, but I couldn't because everybody there was singing along mm. louder than he was and really serious. They were really, really sadly, morosely serious. I have to imagine some fan. people were probably yeah. crying yeah. as they were oh, singing. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's <laughs> Like um, a woman in the back, uh, like when, between songs, it's like, you know, he – he stops and he gathers himself for the next song or whatever, and it's usually very quiet, like yeah. church. And this woman in the back just goes, "You're very special," <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted. He's f- <laughs> like, uh, "Well, here's the thing. I'm glad you think so." <laughs> here's I was just like, would, "Would you please just start playing the next song, please?" <laughs> La- and turn it up loud, you know. I feel like this has come up on the show before, maybe, but uh, I, I for some I. I get confused as to which conversations I've had with Tyler in real life and which ones on the show. So uh, if I'm repeating myself, start recording everything, David. <laughs> yeah. You mean you mean the but, real conversations, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, there's certain artists like a like a Tom Waits or like a John Darnielle from Mountain Goats because I'm a big Mountain Goats fan. Yeah. That you'll go to their shows and they're good, and they'll have like in between. Not that I've been to a Tom Waits show, but I've I listened to one live on NPR, and uh, they'll have like between song banter where like these these are clever guys and they're you know making the occasional you know uh humorous aside but the fans because they're such big fans of them are just losing their shit like it's the funniest yeah, thing yeah, like they're yeah. seeing richard pryor yeah and it bugs the shit out of me because as much as i love john darnielle he's not a comedian he's yes. a musician who has a wry sense of humor and is fun to listen to yes. but i'm not like crying tears of joy because he made some crack yeah. and it, it it annoys me well i am i as you know i'm a, i'm a huge tom waits fan he's my favorite musician and i have gone to a concert and he you know 
he didn't say actually a lot of stuff in between songs, but uh, the stuff that he did say, I remember being like, huh, you know, yeah. it just because he's a clever guy, he's a smart guy, and I think he's kind of amusing. But I mean, people laugh because I, I don't know. I think they're just so in the moment, and they recognize this guy I love just tried to make just tried to make a joke. That's great. I will <laughs> laugh now. But I don't yeah. think it's any. I don't think it's as, even as conscious as that. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. I just think they're just so into it that anything they're super receptive to anything the musician would do. It's like anyone who's good at sports. Mm-hmm. If you're good at sports. People will always like you. You're always going to have friends. <laughs> yeah. Because people love people who can do sports, who can play sports. <laughs> See, I can't even use the right term. You I don't like do, sports. do sports. By the way, the first sign that a guy who sucks at sports <laughs> is if he uses the term do sports. I put that. You know I what was, I mean? That's, I, the fir- that's one of the first of many signs from me that I don't know shit about sports and can't play them. Uh, but I, if you can play sports really well – you will always be well-liked. You will always have friends. And you can almost do no wrong, just like a famous musician uh-huh. in front of a crowd full of people. You can play the great song and then tell the dumbest joke, and they won't care. Yeah. They will not care because yeah. they like you for why they like you. I wrote a script once where uh, this character, he's, young, he's like in his early 20s, and, uh, and he was – uh, a, a very strong athlete in high school, and everyone thought he was going to get a great scholarship. Uh, and then, like, he hurt himself. He hurt his knee, and he couldn't do what he wanted to do anymore. And so uh, he didn't go to college because what's the point? And uh, and his mom's giving him crap about it, something they would fight about a lot. And then he said, you know, and I'm like, why did I ever write an athlete into into one of my scripts? Because I don't know. Right. And so, <laughs> so I, I typed something, like, really quick just – and um, – and because I had not yet decided what sport I wanted to have him do, I did. I have him. I had him say, kind of as as a filler for that line, and I'd fill it in later. I had him say, "Well, what's the point of going to college if I can't do sports?" <laughs> like it's just like that was basically the equivalent. And then I forgot to change it, yeah. and I gave it to a friend to read, and he's like, "You might need to change that." I was like, "Oh shoot, I look like an idiot, don't I?" Another sign that someone doesn't know what they're talking about if they use the term "he was blasted on drugs." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I know that because that's how I say it. It's like, dude, that guy was blasted on junk. And you know that he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's yeah. never shot anything into himself. Speaking of like fans and getting recognized, yeah, I don't have your uh, CV in front of me here, but you did an episode of Angel, right? I did. Yeah. Do you get because that's those are some pretty hard once every fans. five years someone. There was a woman at a gas station right. whose car was full of phone books. <laughs> Her, her back window was like she couldn't have possibly seen out through the rearview window because it was to the ceiling with the just these piss yellow phone books. She's like, I liked your angel, <laughs> which if you've forgotten that you've been on the show as I have is like nine years ago. Right. Uh, it's a very strange thing to say to somebody. I liked your angel from a. A crazy, a crazy. She's, I guess, no, nah, she might not have been crazy. I don't know. Maybe, she, hey, you know, maybe she's one of the people who goes around putting phone books on people's doorstep right. or something like that. Yeah. So maybe she's not hoarding them no, no, no. like a lunatic <laughs> right. and is, in fact, doing her job. No, I was jumping to conclusions, possibly. <laughs> so let's but, t- but take out of the equation that there is even a show called Angel <laughs> yeah. and that I'm an actor. It's a very strange thing to say to somebody at a gas station. At two in the afternoon. I liked your angel. And um, one other place is at Comic-Con. Like, if you're, if you're oh, yeah. on an episode of Angel, just as a guest uh-huh. guy like I was, that will carry more cred than you think. Are you going to Comic-Con this year? I didn't pl- I, I, I've only been once. Really? I've only been once. Um, I think if you're going to go, you should go for three days. Yeah. Get a hotel. You know, there's, there's no point. I've never been. David, David went last year. Every My year. friend Zach yeah. goes every year. He's, like a, he's a big comic you know what's great about Comic Con is you don't have to be uh, into comics no. to enjoy it. There's so much crap going on. Yeah, there's like if you're into it's pretty much anything that you can be nerdy about. Yeah, Comic Con is there to serve you. There's movies, there's TV, there's comedy, there's even like like baseball cards. You can yeah. go and find like. I'm boobs. a big uh, fan of the movie Alien, as I told you both before. Yeah. I uh-huh. think, and uh, I keep every year I keep going. Right, all right, this is the year that I'm going to start collecting. <laughs> alien memorabilia. I have. I only have a poster. That's all I've got. <laughs> and for someone that likes that movie, and of course the copy of the movie on right. DVD. But yeah, I, now, is it, I is keep, it just Alien? How do you feel about Aliens? 
Uh, th- that's enjoyable, but it's not. I don't. I like the first one more. Okay. It's a different. It's a different. Well, well that seems like a good segue. Well, yeah. Or do oh, you I was gonna ask more questions. Go ahead, David. <laughs> uh, just how did you get? Uh, where are you from? How did you get started in comedy? That's what we ask. I'm from Orange guests. County, from Garden Grove. Okay. About 15 minutes from Disneyland. Love and Disneyland. I didn't start doing comedy until I was 34. I was an actor. Oh. For, I went to. Uh, uh, what did I do? I graduated from high school, and then I went to a uh, fancy acting school in Chicago. You know that inside the actor studio show mm-hmm. on Bravo? I didn't go there, right? But I went to a school like that—a very mm. serious in, in Chicago. No, uh, yeah, yes, in Chicago, yes. Uh, lots of uh, guys wearing black turtlenecks and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, people saying the word "amazing" a lot. <laughs> you know, oh. oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I've never heard any. I was 18 at the time. I'd never. That was like the first. The three main signs that I was in a new world were uh, everybody smoked, uh-huh. lots of black, lots of people wearing black, black turtlenecks, black coats, uh-huh. black jeans, and everybody said the word amazing <laughs> instead of cool or awesome or gnarly <laughs> or at that time bitching. You know, I, Every, uh, everything superlative was amazing. I have moved on to astounding. Yeah, I like that, to say astounding. I, I prefer astounding. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, you don't yeah, judge so, me for saying. No, no, no. Okay, well, well I, yes, but not okay. negatively. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So that, that's cool that you were an actor and then decided to do to do stand up. I yeah, then moved to New York and came back out to L.A. and just uh, yeah, I started to just do like pilots that would never get on the air and mm-hmm. things like that, and then and commercials mostly now. And uh, but the whole time, the whole time going, it's really time to start writing your own stuff you need to start writing your own stuff and i just was a pussy about it for years because mm-hmm. i was afraid and a snob which is a horrible combination <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna be a snob at least be confident about your snobbery you know what i mean don't yeah. and i just uh i finally just was like all right it's time to do this so i just started going to horrible open mics and i kept going yeah and you yeah. were telling me last week that you actually find comedy like even even going to crappy open mics and stuff like yeah. that that you still find it an immensely more rewarding experience yeah. than acting yeah. which to me is a fascinating concept because so many people you know come to Los Angeles like with the dream of being an actor yeah. you've you've achieved it well and, yeah. and well you act for a living yeah, you yeah, know? yeah that's that's what you do to make right. your living right. and then but it's like yeah it's all right I think I'd rather do this thing over here. I would though. I I mean I I didn't think I didn't think that was the case, but I just um uh, Yeah, I get to I get to, you know, I get to be myself when I'm doing stand up and um you know, but and you know, I'm the, the casting uh, the casting people that I've known for a long time in LA, they're they're like, "Okay, you're going in for the dad. You're going in for the part of the wacky suburban dad and I'm the farthest thing from a dad. I don't mm-hmm. look like a I don't, you know, I I guess I have I could be a dad that i don't you know what i mean so I, you, you go in for these parts that you just don't give a shit about you know you don't mm-hmm. care about and because uh, when you're when you're an actor you're you're very uh needy you need other people to do what they do in order for you to do what you do you right know? and and stand-up isn't like that not that i've you know some big huge you know touring you know road you know dog as a stand-up but i mean i i know I know I've been doing it long enough to I know what it's like to, to come up with an idea on your own mm-hmm. and do it and have it work and then by the end of it you haven't felt like you've lied. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You haven't felt like y- you've done something dishonest whereas I feel that all the time with acting, which is what you which is what acting is supposed to be. You're lying. Uh-huh. It's it is, you know. It's do you a feel lie. like because the the emphasis uh for you seems to be the idea of writing your own stuff so like if you get complimented for a performance do you feel like uh well i didn't write it you know i mean do you feel like you're taking credit for somebody else's work uh or just that you just you feel like you as you said that you're lying in the sense that it's just well that's not actually me yeah kind of i mean it's like it's just whenever i get a job an acting job i always feel like i've lucked out i always feel Mm -hmm. like i you know i dropped into a pocket that worked for me and i i i got in you know Mm -hmm. But with stand-up, it's more it, it's it's more my own doing, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. when you're an actor, you have to fit into other people's ideas. When you go in and you audition for a part, you have to. They already have the project; it's their idea. 
Mm-hmm. They're deciding if they want you, if you're going to work in that in that uh, thing, and you either you know you either do or you, you don't, and you can you know you be as much of yourself as you can be, but it, it's either right, you're either right for it or you're not. So it's uh... anyway. I uh, I do have an episode of Reaper. Oh, all right, coming up on Tuesday. Oh. You ever uh, heard of that show? I have a friend who uh, uh, is a, an editor on that show. This, oh, is okay. it this coming Tuesday? Yeah, the uh, CW. The episode won't be out yet. What do you mean? This episode. Oh, really? Oh, okay. The show won't have aired yet. But um, the part I play in that is the kind of part I always play. It's usually some uptight, you know, pissy dude uh-huh. uh, having a bad day. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> and I don't want to give too much away, but I die. Is that well? Like I said, it's, a, it's already did, aired. Did I give? All oh, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, then I don't want to give too much away, but I died. <laughs> <laughs> um, my tenses. There. Now you have do- now uh, you were in some. I, when we spoke months ago, uh, you mentioned that you were in something else recently in the last few years where you died. Um, um numbers. Oh, did an okay. episode of numbers. All right, I get killed in that. How did you? How did? How do you die in, in that? I got the shit kicked out of me by some bad guys <laughs> well i was a bad guy myself in that okay. one but, uh-huh. I, but I, not like a heavy i was like a shit heel i'm like a <laughs> shyster kind of a guy con guy you know okay all right yeah I, you, you struck me as the type that would be like the guy who embezzled money yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i wouldn't be no the, offense uh, no 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 that's uh i'm starting to get more and more stuff like that actually mm. but that's fine whatever uh and so uh, I fa- I fall in with these bad guys, and they think I know something that I don't know. So they oh. come over to my place and they torture me. They take uh, one of those car battery thingies and they attach it to my chest. Although you don't see this though, right. you just see oh, me yeah. dead in my chair, and I'm like got burn marks all over me, hmm. and I've had the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> my face is just like, yeah, it was great. That sounds <laughs> okay. And then uh, well, I'm tied to the chair too. I'm tied to this chair and my. Did you die on Angel? I can't remember. That was no a long time ago. But I did have an orgasm, which is a lot like <laughs> dying. It's a little for death. the man. It's it really is it, like don't, dying. Don't the French call it a little death? Yes, I believe so. Un <laughs> <laughs> petit more. <laughs> is that it? Um, I had my uh, I had my petit more on national television. How did you? Um, I didn't know that orgasms were allowed to be seen on national television. <laughs> I don't think it was a money. Well, show. I mean, I, 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 I well, no, I don't mean that. <laughs> Thank you, David. But uh, even the implication. We did shoot a money scene, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not anywhere uh, used. Um, no, it's just it, it needs to. Est- that that storyline is where I've uh, invented a machine to stop time. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You, you, oh, you know that story. I'm an angel fan, but oh, okay. I'm, I'm not. Carful of phone books fan. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember everything about the episode. And you point this stop time stopping machine at a thing, uh-huh. and then whatever it hits stops time in that orb of right. space of whatever right. you pointed it at. And I find out that my girlfriend is going to dump me, so I uh, arrange for one last night of uh, sex. Uh-huh. I've eavesdropped on her telling a girlfriend that she's going to dump me, uh-huh. so she doesn't know that I know. But I'm going to have one last date with her and where she comes over. We're going to have sex. And I'm going to have the machine, the time-stopping machine, pointed at the bed. And <laughs> at the moment of my little death, <laughs> I'm going to hit the button on the time-stopping machine and forever freeze. I would say us, but let's be honest. I'm the only one having an orgasm uh, in, in eternal gasm. <laughs> Eternal gasm. That's the idea. What I don't know is that these lubber demons have come up and screwed with the math so that not only does the bed get enveloped, but the room, but the building and the block and, it, and potentially the whole world unless Angel can come and uh, and save the day. By the way, uh, the logic of this, as you probably guess, doesn't track because when you <laughs> stop time, you don't know. Right. Like if we were to freeze in time right now for, say, 10 years, uh-huh. we wouldn't be like, Oh wow, we're frozen. You know, we're not. <laughs> time has stopped. You know, right. our perception. I have of, an important point to make, and I can't right, make I it. Can't do it for taking away for ten years. This sucks. <laughs> so you don't know. So even if it had worked, I wouldn't know. I would like the orgasm. You know, yeah. I wouldn't know. Maybe, maybe the character just he knew he wouldn't know, but philosophically he knows. I'm willing to make this sacrifice. You know what? That's probably. You have a much better attitude than I do. Than I do about it. I didn't see well, that. points uh, like that are not something you want to bring up on set. By the way, I wouldn't recommend that. It could be said. Angel uh, certainly has elements of horror 
to, to ah, it's a, it's ah, I see monsters and vampires. Yeah. So let's get into finally after twenty twenty five minutes. Let's oh, uh, let's get into the into the topic. Oops. Uh, and you guys introduced the topic because it came out of your conversation. Okay. So. So uh, we're so talking you about I, horror movies. Yeah, we were talking about horror movies, and right. you, you you brought up something just about your reaction to them, and it got me thinking about my reaction to them, and then just people in general. And you said that a lot of horror movies don't actually frighten you. Yeah, I'll let you elaborate, and then I'll uh, and then uh, David and I will chime in. Well, it's hard for me to be scared at something that isn't plausible. Okay, mm. and that sounds easy enough. Okay. But because, but I know but I I just feel like horror movie buffs I don't think they like horror movies because they get really scared I think they like them for another there's something else going on I don't think it's about being legitimately scared I think it's the yeah. style yeah and the for, genre for a lot of people it's the the way it the looks gore and stuff like that yeah is a big part of it like I don't I like I think horror movie buffs find horror movies fun right. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I just don't buy that they're really legitimately scared by it. But then I'm a snob like that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like zombies, I, I don't know. I'm just not into it. Even Jaws, as I like Jaws. Yep. I enjoy the movie. Uh huh. But great white sharks don't do that. They don't prefer eating people. Tiger <laughs> sharks are the ones you got to work look out for. Tiger sharks are a lot more indiscriminate about what they eat. Huh. Well, but okay. a great white shark is way scarier looking than a tiger shark. That's true. So right. you can't make you can't make a horror movie but what, about uh, a tiger shark. You know what I mean? Because tiger shark just doesn't look as formidable. Well, yeah. I'm I'm a very frightened person, yeah. as we can tell by my yellow mic. Right. And so like <laughs> the, I just came up with that. And uh, but like, if I'm in the in the ocean swimming and yeah. I can't see the bottom, right? Regardless of what shark might be more you know okay. more inclined to attack me, yes. I'm still freaked out that my feet aren't touching the bottom and I don't know what might be under me right. and it's because of jaws and so like I I am often affected to me like uh, a horror movie is only really genuinely frighten, frightening if you are scared after it's over uh, that's to I mean like otherwise then it's just a series of like jolts and you're like hey that was fun but then yeah, it's ultimately I, like a roller coaster yeah. but like and and I find that myself Zombies, okay, I know that zombies don't exist, but the concept of them still frightens me immensely, even though I know they can't exist. Uh Um, But Jaws does legitimately scare scare me. Thankfully, I'm not really a beach guy. Um, (laughs) But, uh, I mean, have there been any movies that, by the definition I just said, where you walk away from the film and there are still some lingering moments of like, Oh, this is a little because there are some horror movies about just one person killing people, which yeah. does happen in life. I mean, does that does that get to you at all? Uh, a movie like The Strangers, okay, with Liv Tyler, uh-huh. which I never saw. David, I, did I, didn't, I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. That that movie scared me, right? Because mm-hmm. that probably would not happen to you. But yeah. there's nothing that happens in that movie that couldn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I would say for the first half of the movie, I was actually really scared. My my, the fact that I don't like it is just the fact that it, it, it just seems to, and when from they, a dramatic standpoint, it, it, it gets to a point halfway through the movie, and then it just carries that to the end, and it doesn't build. But or, did you notice how, like, I would have to see it again, and I have it, and I, I, but how there's almost no music mm-hmm. in that movie, except for the, the record, record player. player. Yeah. That is great. That I, I, lo- I, I think most movies, horror or, or not horror, get ruined by too much music or mm-hmm. music at all you know what i mean yeah I, and when I, I, and whoever decided horror. there is so much quiet dread mm-hmm. in that movie that i don't know i really i really enjoyed uh, i uh, what i didn't appreciate was the beginning where it says it's based on a true uh-huh. story or it says it is a true story or something like that yeah which it turned out not to be true yeah. i didn't i didn't like that but because that they that, did that with fargo too that will give me the because i like documentaries like the uh-huh. scariest documentary i think i've seen the one that comes to mind right now is the one about jim jones oh i didn't see that uh the rise and fall of jones what's it called yeah Jonestown. I, I, but it's the footage that they have is horrifying it's like it's it's really scary stuff and after you see that there's nothing an actor can do or a writer or a horror movie could do that's gonna disturb me as much as that you mm. know what i mean it just doesn't that doesn't, when I was when I was younger, um, 
the 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 I guess it wasn't a movie. The the TV miniseries of it came out. Yeah. Um, and so many people, my own age. I mean, killer clowns are frightening, but everyone was like so terrified of Pennywise. And I and the band. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's legit. But I, I <laughs> that's not, why the that's, bass player killed that, himself. That, that's a legitimate fear. Yeah. It's but the. Uh, I did not find the bass player did kill himself. That's yeah. right. And his picture yeah, was, really was his joke. picture was on the internet too. Yeah. Oh. See that's real. That. See that scares me. Yeah. <laughs> that is scary. Black box voice recordings of like down airplanes scare the crap out of me. Oh man. That's yeah. see that's scary to me. Horror movies don't scare me. They they just don't it's not scare the, me. And and that's why that's why I think horror movie buffs aren't into it for a real fear. If they were, they would. They would go and do really. They would go and watch real things, like really uh-huh. scary things. You know what I mean? But I don't think George Romero is actually saying that you should be literally afraid of zombies. Right? He's tapping into to to a fear, you know, about uh, corporate. I, uh, you know, corporate. Uh, <laughs> sheep, but no, I think sheepism. That, that's or, the that's sort of the uh, the metaphor at work. But there's a there's a deeper fear there about the uh, being in a situation that you can't get out of. You know, what, what, because the the thing with zombies is all the dead come back to life. There are billions of them, and it doesn't matter how slow they move or anything. Uh, there are more of it, them. And no matter how many you kill, they're going to get you eventually. That, that's 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 the fear. It's that it's it it can't be literalized in a sense that you should be afraid of zombies. It's just being in a, any sort of situation like that, whether, whether you can literalize it at all. I can't even think of an example, but right. that's still a fear that that people are bound to have. It could be like a group, like a, this is, I'm about to say the word thugs, oh jeez, but like a group <laughs> thugs of- Thugs who do sports. The, the, yeah, the, <laughs> uh, a, a bunch of toughs, uh, you know, coming at- like scallions. Right, like, you know, um, hooligans. Heavies. Uh, coming after you, uh, like maybe like 10. Henchmen. Hench- <laughs> There's got to be more, but- um, Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, let's say there's, like, 10 or 15. The idea, like, zombies do frighten me, I think, because of that, just the inherent isolation of there's a lot of things against just me or maybe me and a couple other people. But nonetheless, like, they outnumber us, like, 10 to 1. And so um, I think there is a fear of that, just the realization that, like, there's no possible way to get away because there's so many. And sooner or later, they will overwhelm me. Um and so I think that I think, yeah, I think actually you brought up something, the idea of even if it's not a specific terror of the dead coming back to life, there is an inherent terror of you can't get away because there's so many thing, so many people against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it could be just in your career or whatever, just an inherent paranoia that I think it taps into. One, and but, so go ahead. One thing I, I talked last thing I talked last time we talked was um, every Halloween on like VH1 or whatever E or something, they have the you know top twenty most scary movies, mm-hmm. right? It's a countdown, mm-hmm. and they ask the horror mavens of the day, you know, the tastemakers, the, the the hot directors of horror movies now, or uh, actors and actresses from famous movies, and 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 we get basically the same ones every year: mm-hmm. Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Night of Living Dead. Jaws, you know, the scariest movie I have ever seen, like, is United ninety three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was. I literally could not. I was like, I was the embodiment of every cheesy critic logline that says you'll be on the edge of your seat. I was literally mm-hmm. on the edge of my seat because I kept saying, "I'm gonna walk out. I'm not gonna watch this. I can't yeah. watch this." I w- was restless because, and I knew what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew what was going to happen. I think that's why. You yeah. definitely know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it takes like an hour mm-hmm. before it finally happens. And and it, it 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 was excruciating and it was horrible and it was not just plausible. It was beyond plausible. It did, you know, it did happen. Mm-hmm. And unless you're a conspiracy conspiracy theory nutbag uh, yes. and you don't not you, us. Know, no. you don't Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's good. A lot of these podcasts are. <laughs> it does. It actually. It brings up. Uh, but I'm, I'm sorry. Before, oh, before go you go yeah, on. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, these countdown shows. You're never going to see United 93 <laughs> on any of these lists. Right. You're not going to see. Well, my favorite <laughs> movies are Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Exorcist Three, 
uh, I love uh, Alien and uh, United 93. Those are, you know, <laughs> those are maybe my favorite. You know, no one is going to put United 93, but they should. I think they should because it's it's scary. I mean, I found it. I found it horrifying. I found it way more horrifying than any movie that sets out to be supposedly scary. I think one of the uh, one of the key elements of horror, and and it actually fits into United ninety three and a lot of I'd say suspense movies. Um, to call back uh, funny games, is it asks the audience, or maybe doesn't ask, it forces the audience to think, what would I do if I were in this yeah, situation? Yeah. You know, and United ninety three absolutely does that. You know, and it's and it has the the you know the extra morbid element of being absolutely true and just like. What what would I do? Yeah. What could I do yeah. in that situation? Yeah. And the inherent terror of that. But yeah. to me, funny ga- like funny games is one of the most f- terrifying movies ever because it, much like the strangers, it feels like it could happen. Stuff like that has happened in the past, right. and and I look at, and what's and what gets me especially is everything that I think I would do, you know, because I put myself in the situation. Everything that I'm pretty sure, okay, I would do that. The characters do that. And fail. And, like, because most, you know, Friday the 13th or, or, or any of those kind of slasher movies, the characters never do what you would do, what you say you would do. Yeah. But in funny games, they try everything that I would think to try, and it fails. And you're just like, this is, yeah. I, I, I can never watch this. You know, I can't put this into my head because I already, you know, I already worry about the the safety of my family i don't need to look at this and i i kept saying as you were i watched it on video but uh i've only seen the german one but i was watching it and i was like i need to turn this off i can't i can't take this but i kept watching and i i don't know why because it by the end i was like oh now it's worse it actually (laughs) because ends on such a down note what's what's ps2 is that a horror movie? Oh yeah, uh, with uh, Wes Bentley. Uh, oh, the par- it takes place in a parking structure. Type yeah, of thing. I didn't see it. Okay, because that's on my Netflix. Queue. I heard it I was actually it's... surprisingly. Uh, but it's a horror movie, huh? Suspense, I'd say. But I mean, I guess there's oh, okay. there's not a lot. There's actually a great deal of overlap between those two. Okay. But uh, and I heard it was actually surprisingly effective because it just takes a setting that everybody's had to deal with. Yeah. At a t- you know, and it's just the idea of if you're in a parking l- structure alone and somebody's after you, what do you, you know, what can you do? And so run to the well. I mean, I haven't you seen can the run movie. to the stairwell and run out. Yes, I yeah. understand that. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> does does he try that in the movie? Does he think to maybe do that? Maybe. So uh, now, David, I know that uh, like myself, you're somebody who you'll see a movie that you find particularly disturbing, and it will stay with you. You have a story that you consider to be embarrassing. Go ahead. Um, I you don't put, know. You put him on the spot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to talk about that actually later. That movie. Okay, but, go um, ahead. Then. I'm sorry. I wanted to talk. About, have, I want to ask you, Matt. Have you ever seen Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Yeah, I did see that because that's up there with. It's like United ninety three. It's. it's I saw so it, realistic. The first time I saw it, I was twenty three years old, mm-hmm. and, I, and that that was a mistake. I should <laughs> not have watched it, but. Uh, I I saw it again years later, and it wasn't. It didn't have the effect on me that it. It didn't. It, t- I, it's it's one movie we did an episode a while back on movies that we love that we don't think we'll ever be able to bring ourselves to watch again. Oh, the, yeah, the scene where they break into the house <sighs> and they videotape. Yeah, yeah, that's it, really tough. It really, really. Have you, you've seen it, Tyler? Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, that's tough to take. But again, but again, the reason why that kind of stuff stays with you, I think, for me, is that it's plausible. Not to mention the actual filmmaking style of Henry and United ninety three kind of has a documentary style to yeah. it. Like if they had over, if they who had like did, really who stylized, Henry, who uh, what's the guy's John name? McNaughton? John McNaughton. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, a, what else did he, he do? He's a Chicago guy. Mad and Dog and uh, Mad Dog and Glory. Oh, right. Michael Rooker went to my school, my oh, really? acting school in Chicago. Actually, yeah. John McNaughton went to our film school <laughs> in Chicago. In Chicago. Really? Columbia College, Chicago. Oh, okay. Are you guys from we Chicago? We lived in Chicago. We lived in. Oh okay. Oh, right. I'm from Missouri, but uh, okay. I, you say Missouri, Missouri, or you don't say Missouri? No, I'm from the Missouri part of Missouri. Okay. If you go a little further south from me, then you're in Missouri. I lived in Missouri. Tyler used to live in Missouri. I'm from there. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I don't like to uh, – when when people say, Where, oh, you, you okay, so you, you moved to Chicago from Missouri. So you're from Missouri. Sl- slow down. Right. I, I'm not fr- – I <laughs> Easy. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with the very good people, but I'm, I'm not from there, so yeah, yeah. why would I say <laughs> I was? Right. But, uh, no, there's one – 
one movie I really wanted to talk about, and it is going to be embarrassing because it's a movie that really did scare me and stay with me. Uh, but it's a complete ridiculous horror movie that I know I'm sure you didn't like or at least weren't scared by, and that's right. Signs, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie with the I aliens didn't say and it. With Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson? Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember I, I saw it. Mel Gibson is scary. <laughs> right. I became obsessed with that movie when it came out. It's a good movie. <laughs> I, I believe it was your favorite movie of that year, right? Is it uh, good? I really enjoyed it. It's okay. it's divisive. Some people, Some hate people it, really yeah. hate it. So, but I because I, I, people have not been loving on his movies since no. the second one. I think that's true. I, I like the first three. Yeah, I would say. Uh, I and then the village is the first one I didn't like. Okay, and, that's but, on my Netflix queue too. Um, I, and I this is a movie that I've heard all of the negative critique on. What vil- the village? Yeah, or, yeah. I watch it anyway. Well, signs. I became obsessed with it when it came out, and um, I, I went to see it multiple times and one time I went with my friend uh, Elise who uh, like Tyler here is a Christian and she she loved the movie as much as I did but afterwards we were talking about it and she didn't feel the same like apprehension app- yeah, apprehension yeah. that I felt uh, like outside of the movie theater it didn't stay with her is it a twist ending it's less so than his other movies but there's kind of like a, okay. a reveal at the end I'd um, say it's I'd say it's kind of less a twist more of like and like a payoff kind of thing, like it, it hints at things and then it pays them off, as opposed to more like a curveball. Then y- you could say that, yeah. Okay, but um, we were talking. Uh, so we had this. Uh, we ended, like I, I drove Elise home. We were sitting in uh, like her driveway, and we ended up talking for like an hour about the movie and like why, it was, why it was scary. And uh, I realized that there's there's a speech that Mel Gibson gives to Joaquin Phoenix on the couch in that movie about how there's two kinds of people. There's uh, in that situation, lo- one kind of person is looking at the aliens, and they're saying, "You know, whatever's going to happen, it's out of my hands because there's uh, some sort of supreme being looking after me." And the other half of people are are freaking out because they believe they're alone in this world. And I, as an atheist, believe that I am uh, alone in that sense. And that's and so it, it it that's when it occurred to me that science is not just a movie about aliens coming and trying to kill the whole world and isn't that scary it's about a much deeper thing oh yeah about you know where do you find solace you know if what if 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 there's if there's terrorists trying to blow us up or the you know go back to the soviets or whatever and there's nothing that you can do about it uh where do you find the solace is it uh, is, is it is it in yourself and at the end of the day what's that worth against such a huge enemy or is it in some sort of god yeah. Uh, so that's that's what I was talking about earlier with with the zombie thing is that it's not you're not supposed to be scared of zombies you're supposed to be scared of something much much more uh, primitive almost just and that's why I think I would rather read a book about what the movie is about <laughs> than watch the movie because that sounds interesting yeah like what the movie you know what I mean like uh-huh. just like sometimes I would rather read books about Dostoevsky than actually read Dostoevsky. <laughs> right. uh, you I should, would rather you should read Dostoevsky. He is, I, yeah. I have, I, you know what I okay. have, right. and I, I think I was too young. I think I need to reread them. Oh, but I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel that way about Flannery O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly do. Like, I, like someone told me. I, I guess I was like trying to be everything that old, rises older. must converge. That was, that's the. There's a collection of uh, her stuff. From I'll, I'll pick that up because I think I was, I was like trying to be more mature than I really was, and I was like, oh, I've heard of this Flannery O'Connor. I'll yeah. give this a read, and like didn't get it at all. And like now that I'm, you know, uh, at least a teenager or older now, maybe I should read it. And yeah. I was I was kind of that way with uh, Ernest Hemingway, where everyone says, "Well, one of the best writers ever," and I think he is when I think back on on what I've read, which is actually not very much. But I, I was reading Old Man in the Sea. I was like, this is so. What? Why is this important at all? Like, it's just, it's so bare bones. Use an adjective or something. Like, right. and so, but, but I, upon reflection, I have not revisited the story, but upon reflection, I look back and it's like, oh yes, this is very, but his, he's somebody who his story, his story is just as interesting, if not more so than the stories he's telling. But, uh, so, sorry. Uh, now that we've gone off topic, maybe we should think about wrapping it up here. Was okay. there anything, oh, anything else you really wanted to get to about horror movies here? Have we... I mean, are there, there, there the are moments in lots of horror movies, fragments, independent, yeah. isolated snippets that are disturbing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, what the problem I think I have with horror movies today, especially, is that they don't scare; they startle. Which yeah. is something yeah, that South a, Park addressed. Yeah, um, 
something I had been thinking about for a while, and then I saw the Star Trek, ep- I mean, uh, South Park episode where they were making fun of uh, Cloverfield. Right. You know? I, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. But I, I mean, I didn't see this. But South Park a, but a, a horror movie today. There's like somebody walking down a hall, and then apropos of nothing, like this big, loud, synthesized, Wah! like this, and everybody <laughs> jumps, and the filmmakers consider that a scare, right? And they shouldn't, yeah. because it's not. It's just startling. You, you can do that. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to be smart or clever. You can just all you got to do is sneak up behind somebody uh-huh. with a boombox, turn the volume up really loud. And push play, and they're going to jump, but it's not because they're scared; it's because you've startled them. Yeah, and, I'm and not that's op- that's what I really don't like about horror movies. And I'm now. not opposed to like you like using loud noises and stuff because to make reference to Alien, when Tom Skerritt gets killed, yeah, um, uh, you know, first off, it builds the dread. Yeah, because it's like, oh, we're stuck on a spaceship, and we've actually found an even smaller space to be confined in with yeah. the alien. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so he's looking all around, and he's an unfla- and that character's fairly unflappable. And yeah. so when we see that he's scared, it's like, oh, jeez, yeah, bad news. Uh, and then finally, uh, when he looks and sees the alien, and it reaches out for him, it's like a loud noise. Yeah. You hear a loud noise like that sounds kind of like uh, feedback. Right. right. Um, but it it but. It's uh, the it's the, the creature, alien though. is reaching right, out and yeah. killing him. Yeah, like it. It's worth it. Absolutely, it earns it. Yeah. See that moment earns the right. startle. Yeah, and in startling, it also scares because it's supposed it the, the the creature is right there. By the way, the reason I like Alien is not because it's a horror movie. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I think yeah. the reason I like it is because it it takes something that could have really been really really shitty. You know what <laughs> I mean? That movie could have been really bad. You know, if you've ever read the first. If you ever read the screenplay, yeah. the dialogue yeah. in the movie is horrible. Like the writing, it, you can't say those words. It's like <laughs> it's like some twelve-year-old sci-fi, you know, <laughs> seventh grader like yeah. wrote that dialogue. The science I mean? officer is, of course, doing science. Yes, <laughs> and uh, do, he's doing science. Uh, and and so what I like about it is just I think I think Ridley Scott knew that and mm-hmm. his actors knew it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was just like, all right, we can't say everything that's written here. <laughs> You've got to say this. This part is important, but the rest just, you know, get to the point generally. Yeah. And they do. They do. I mean, it's maybe some of the best horror movie acting. Yeah. You know I mean, it's absolutely. really subtle. It's everything is thrown away and and it's uh there is, there is. Uh, I know we got to wrap up, so I'll just make this point. But like, I feel like a lot of actors, and and I would say especially actresses in horror movies, I feel like they're kind of given. I feel like they're shortchanged oh, by yeah. audiences. Sure. Like, I haven't done a lot of acting in my life, but one yeah. thing that I've, like, first off, it's almost it, for a long time it was almost impossible for me to fake laugh convincingly. Right. Fake fear, like. Conveying that yeah. seems like it would be the hardest thing in the world to do. Right. I, I remember seeing a documentary about shark attacks, back, mm-hmm. to, back to sharks. And this mm-hmm. woman, uh, she lost her leg to a great white shark. She was out on a boating trip with some friends. Are you they, sure it wasn't a tiger shark? Uh, no, it was <laughs> okay, a great white shark. Because sure. it's on tape. <laughs> it's on tape. It's like when animals attack, caught on yeah. tape. And she's she survived. She's, she's get, getting interviewed. But they uh, stopped their boat in the middle of the ocean there, and they jumped out to go swimming, like right by the their boat you know and this shark just got a hold of her leg and would not let go and they were trying to get the shark to let her go and it was it was just like and and she's getting interviewed and she's like he was so strong his mouth was so on my leg that i just thought i guess i'm just gonna let him eat me and it wasn't at all what somebody would be doing in a horror movie Uh, you know what i mean and there's even footage of her just trying to swim away trying to like like swim out of its grip you know Um, what i mean she's not describing she's not crying during the interview she's not screaming during the interview she's not screaming or crying on tape Uh that's why whenever i'm watching a horror movie and watching some actor just go oh my god oh my god it's like you know what i i hope i don't experience anything like that in my life and i don't want to actually listen or watch somebody in real life Mm -hmm. experience that but i have the feeling that's just not what people do Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know and i don't want to know but i have the feeling it's not and that interview makes me think that you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that 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 resolution that she got to 
Like, I guess I'm just going to let it eat me. That sounds yeah. not only r- scary, mm-hmm. but real. That sounds like a, a real thing. It's like this this creature is enormously strong and there's nothing I can do. Like quiet terror, yeah. I think, is something that you don't see very often. In the There's a scene real quick in the movie uh, Crimson Tide where George Zunza from the first yes. uh, season of Law & Order uh, – the the sub is going down and they're all gonna die and his job is to basically just he just announces w- at what depth they are yeah. and as they're going down further and further and he is saying what the depth is the implication being we're much closer to dying now he just he doesn't say it like tense or scared he says it with just resignation like yeah. this is gonna happen right. and nothing I can do like he just yeah. accepts that it's gonna happen it's a yeah. great moment and very tense and frightening well see so that's a Way to end on, to a, stop. On, a, on a creepy, creepy note. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, uh, I like that. thanks for being on the show. No problem. Fun. I'm. I hope I contributed. Absolutely. Have we started yet? By the way. <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> so, by the way, um, this is uh, Matt Champagne on the blue mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on the red mic. Yellow over here. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hope people saw your Reaper <laughs> a few days ago. Yeah. I hope someone comes up to you at a gas I, station and says, "I, I like your Reaper." I will have done <laughs> sent out a Facebook uh, reminder. Okay, if people okay. can find you on Facebook. <laughs> I'm referring to things that haven't happened yet in the past tense. You've blown <laughs> my mind. But anyway, so... So uh, people can find you on Facebook? Yes, I can. Uh, Matt Champagne. There's about 20 Matt Champagnes, but I'm um, the one... I guess my picture is Waldo, because I kind of look like Waldo. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Okay, so... Uh, and we should say the donation drive is still going. Right. Till May 31st. $5 or more on the website gets you uh, entered into the raffle. Yeah. So and, uh, thanks for listening. You on Twitter, Matt? No, I don't twit. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, Battleship Pretension does. It's at twitter.com slash the pretension. Yeah. Cool. So All thanks right. for listening, everybody, and we'll get you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.